always describe it as there's this weird freedom when everything that you fear happens <laughs> and then you're like okay well everything that I thought was going to break me hasn't broken me so hello and welcome to the magnetic woman podcast I'm Pandora Paloma a quantum transformation and business coach using a fusion of spirituality meet strategy for feminine leaders, spiritual entrepreneurs, and visionaries. My mission is to help female entrepreneurs find their truth and step into their greatness boldly and unapologetically and create businesses that feel like home. I help women access and accelerate their magnetism by bridging the gap between who they truly are and who they present as to the world because from this space of wholeness, we find our power, our potential, our voice, and our liberation. This show is for the multi-dimensional woman with a big, bold vision for more wealth, more impact, more expression, and more freedom. Each episode takes you on a journey of expansion across my five pillars of quantum transformation, self, vision, expansion, embodiment, and magnetism. Some are solo and some are with industry leaders who are playing the same game, changing the conversation about women's success, money, power, and pleasure. I'm a mum of one, music lover, love maker, and all-round magnetism activator. Tune in and welcome to my world of magnetism. Welcome to this episode of the Magnetic Woman podcast, and I'm thrilled that this will be the first in a series where I get to speak to former and current clients about their own journey of magnetism and expansion. And today I have a very, very special guest, first in the series, she had to pave the way. Sophie, thank you for being here. Introduce yourselves to the wonderful community. Um, I'm Sophie Rao. Um, I'm an interior designer. My company's called Coat to Folk. Uh, we're based down here in Folkestone, hence the name. Um, and yeah, I was lucky enough to work with Pandora um, 18 months ago, nearly two years ago. And we're actually working together again now um, for, the, for the next six months so I'm really excited to see what what that will bring me too me too I think your journey has been such a such a gift to witness um in so many ways so let's start with actually your journey today I suppose has been very unique um in terms of how you got here to this particular career and um it'd be great to know sort of the turning points that got you here and how your former career as a stylist has impacted how you design homes yeah so I I was in the fashion industry for <clears throat> know, 24 years, um, came to London when I was 18, studied at London College of Fashion, and I loved it, I really did, but um, life, you know, takes its turns, and what, what actually ended up happening, I was, I was quite ill, um, my appendix went so I was in hospital, had an operation, and then after that operation, you're on two-week bed rest. Um, and it dawned on me that even my body was telling me that I can't, I couldn't carry on. So I was the fashion industry, the work's amazing, but it's it's definitely not nine to five. Um, I did a lot of traveling. And um, at that point, my marriage had just broken down. So I was a single mum. And it was just, it was just too much. I just, I was trying to manage, but I wasn't managing. 
Um, so I laid there for two weeks thinking, what am I going to do? <laughs> um, and the interiors bug had already kind of been, you know, born in me. I'd done up, I'd done up our place in London and then I did a place up when we first moved to Folkestone. And then I done I did our house, which was a mammoth undertaking. Um, it was completely derelict with no roof and the whole thing needed doing. So um, although it's incredibly stressful, it I absolutely loved it. And it really did. That was the the third, the third kind of property that then really ignited something in me. So I knew it's what I wanted to do, but I guess. I just hadn't ever kind of, I, I don't know, I think when you've got a perfectly good career, you know, you're earning good money and it's what you've always done. It's not necessarily easy to just change. <laughs> um, but having this, um, this moment of kind of clarity lying there. Um, so I worked out how much money I had to survive and how long that would give me. And I gave myself that long to make it work. And three weeks before my deadline, nobody else knew that deadline, only I, but three weeks before that, I got my first job. Um, and it's been, yeah, it's been brilliant, absolutely brilliant ever since. Yeah. You know, when you're working How have you in found the industry where you say it's definitely not nine to five, you know, do you feel like you've been able to create more freedom in your, in your world now? Yeah, that, that was one of the, that was one of the, main reasons really I wanted my son was five at the time and um yeah I wanted to be much more present and I wanted a, to carve myself a, a job and a career where I had much more control I mean all those years in fashion I mean the amount of I've missed friends weddings I've missed holidays I've, I, I then think back to all the things I missed doing that job um, but no, I wanted to be able to pick up my son up every day and drop him off every morning and um, just have that control. And it, it's, yeah, it's, it's made a massive difference to my own well-being. Um, and my son obviously doesn't even recognise that he's lucky, but, you know, hopefully one day he will realise that he, that's a real, you know, really lucky to have that every day. Yeah, it's so indicative, I think, of that industry and being in it. I was speaking to my mum recently and I don't I don't really do regrets, but there is like one lingering kind of regret that I have that I didn't go to my uncle's funeral with my mum to support her. And it was at a time when I don't think I'd taken a holiday for like seven years. Like I was the first one in the office. I was the last one out. It was all consuming. And, and I didn't go because I was like, oh, I'm too busy with work. And I think that sometimes that, you know, when you're caught up in that, in industry, that's almost like, that's just how you think. It's like everything is, it's all consuming. Yeah. And it's, as I say, I don't have regrets, but I often think about that and think, God, like what mindset was I in at the time thinking that that was more important than, you know, supporting my mum. It's yeah. really weird, but I just, that I was all consumed. But that also, I think that industry, it generates that with it, like everybody is feeling that. So you, you don't, I, I never took holidays. You, you don't take a holiday because 
you're scared that if the job came in and you can't do it, then they'll get someone else and then that person will probably do really well and then you won't get a repeat booking. And and they feed, you know, that whole industry revolves around you, you know, committing yourself to that degree. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's a very courageous act, I think, to say, right, I'm going to choose something else, you know, which obviously, you know, you decided to do. So in terms of, I mean, it's been beautiful watching your journey over the last sort of 18 months. What do you feel have been the biggest shifts for you in terms of mindset, you know, your strategy, the action that you've taken to get to where you are now? Um, well, I think I think the, that initial, the time that, you know, that decision was made, it, it was such a, I couldn't, there couldn't be much else go wrong. Like it was a really difficult time. My marriage had broken down and my best friend had died and um, I was on the floor emotionally and physically and um, financially. So there was this kind of, I always describe it as there's this weird freedom when everything that you fear happens (laughs) And then you're like, okay, well, everything that I thought was going to break me hasn't broken me. So, you know, throwing one more thing in the mix. What's one um, more leap at this point? I mean, yeah, why not? Yeah, yeah, because everything, you know, everything was, I was on the floor. So the only way up was, the only way was up. So um, so I think there's, there's a, um, yeah, there's a weird freedom that comes with that. So you're kind of then coming from a place of, you know, well, why not, you know? So that helped. Uh, Working with you really, really helped um, in loads of ways, Um, from simple simple tools about respecting money, which I'd never done before. I was always kind of um, spending it for, well, I had earned it, but again, you're always waiting to get paid in that industry. So I was I was always on the back foot with money. I never really knew what was coming in, what was going out. I, you know, that respect for money, I definitely didn't have until I'd worked with you. And yeah, I think I'm a massive believer in creative visualisation and I was just hell bent on it working. So you know, it's just one foot in front of the other every day. Repetitive behaviour, just doing it, just doing it. Yeah, totally. It's that consistent, the consistent action, the consistent moves that build momentum over a course of time, isn't it? And it's going to be that one big thing. And it's like, no, 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 no. You don't just click your fingers and suddenly, you know, everything's rosy. It's like, actually, you just keep moving small. The compound effect creates the quantum leap, you know? Yeah. And I know a big part of what we worked on together was kind of building that visibility online. And what were the sort of mindset shifts and the, I suppose, the creativity that was able to flow through you to to make that happen? Because I know that there was sort of such a, you know, such an increase um, in in building that expansion kind of in the online space for you that's you know you always say like most of your clients come through Instagram you know were there any mindset shifts that you had to take or you know was just there anything that you feel like actually that was the thing that really helped me be able to do that um I'm, I'm still flabbergasted about how, how what what an amazing tool it is for especially for creatives it's like your portfolio just there 
and it's free, which also blows my mind. Um, I think, I mean, I think I could still um, do this more, but I think putting myself out there a bit more helped. Um, I still don't think I'm brilliant at it, but um, I'm, I'm an incredibly private person and I hate having my picture taken. So those two things kind of um, stop me from doing probably more than I should. But um, I think just, I got to a point where I wasn't scared of it. And everyone says, oh God, it must be exhausting posting all the time. And But you get to in a rhythm with it where it's just, it becomes second nature. It's such a, you know, easy tool. So yeah, I just, I, just, I think it's incredible. And I would, I would say, I'd say probably 75% of my inquiries come through that through Instagram, which is just phenomenal, phenomenal. Amazing. And again, it comes back to that one foot in front of the other, take the step. And then as you say, it just becomes quite familiar. You find a rhythm and then it's like, yeah. oh, okay. So this whole thing that I was fearing, you know, actually, if I just start, you know, I remember we, we were looking at ways it's like you could showcase your work without it being on you and so you were doing those like Sunday room yeah. tours where it's yeah. like going start to finish it's like there's yeah. a solution to a problem yeah. do you know what I mean you know yeah. yeah showcase your work so it's amazing and I think it's really important to bring to life that you kind of exponentially grow your grew your business almost through the pandemic of course you know that that period of time how did you make that happen and I suppose I'm interested in what you saw what what changed in how did it change people's view of the home the kids you know I suppose it, it became a real you know it became a real thing I mean it was trendy anyway but it was like it kind of felt like it blew up at that time yeah yeah well it did and understandably so you know we were all trapped in our four walls, a lot of people working in that environment and realizing, you know, they don't have a place to work or, you know, they they did start to care, you know. And I and I think it's really important to it's not even caring about the aesthetics, it's it's caring about how your environment makes you feel and how what a huge impact it does have on your well-being and your mental health and so I think all of those things just became apparent to people that that perhaps wouldn't have given it two thoughts before because we were all literally stuck inside. Um, in terms of the business, it made me kind of think on my feet a bit about what else I could offer. And interestingly, that, that created um, part of the business that I'm the most kind of I don't know if proud's the right word, but the most um, excited by. So I offer three services basically, and two of those, well, one of those, sorry, through COVID was um, a remote consultation. So I can essentially work on just one room and I do it completely remotely. So you just send me photos, videos, we have a little chat, and then um, I'll go off and do it. So that obviously was able to continue during the COVID times. And um, it's now a service I continue to offer. And I love, I love doing it. I've, it's opening up the, um, 
the interior design space where you know you don't have to do your whole house and you don't have to have a huge budget and you don't have to kind of clear everything out and start again there's there's ways of working with designers and you know doing it in bite-sized chunks and you know getting amazing results for I mean it's not it's not cheaper in terms of you're still spending the money but it is cheaper in terms of um I, I think it's just it's more palatable for people mm. so that service is still going really strong despite you know COVID, no COVID or no COVID yeah it also makes it accessible I suppose and you know an opportunity for you to work globally people want you because of your style and your flavor and you know yeah incredible how does you know you spoke to and I always believe this as well but your environment sort of shapes your reality how how is that true for you you know tell me about your own environment your workspace your home yeah um I'm a bit worried I'm getting a bit too too um reclusive in my home I'm I'm obsessed with my home I love my home I thank it every day uh yeah I'm very I'm definitely getting way more anal in my old older age which is that's a slight worry but um my poor son <laughs> uh I, yeah I, I love it and it and my environment definitely affects how I feel and when I say about me becoming more and more anal I mean that and it's the same in my studio if there's too much mess around me I can't can't function I just I can't think straight I can't concentrate I have to have order around me Mm. Um, and that's just how how I am but it's 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 definitely growing momentum which is quite strange um but you know and it's the same for clutter I can't have clutter I can't do clutter so yeah um my environment is very very important to me I think it feels also that embodiment piece of you know really acting in alignment with who you're becoming and it was always something so important to me even when I you know had a one-bed flat in London I remember I bought this like really amazing little screen that sort of went next to the bed so that it hid my desk but it meant that I felt like I had that space to go to and work and then the computer was down you know I'd move the screen and it was like then I'm done for the day so you know that ways of doing it so that it's like there's your the space that you work and then you're able to kind of go okay and here's the space I am now that I'm not working so that it helps you almost compartmentalize the different yeah. versions of yourself that you are you know in the day and I think you know it's, it's important to say that because some people listening might have smaller spaces or bigger spaces and it's like actually you can always be working with creating an environment that's going to help you know shape how you feel ultimately yeah yeah definitely so how is the industry changing I suppose what does the future hold for the design interior design um industry and 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 I suppose what's your uh, how do you decide to play a part in that change like is there any kind of big things that you've got in the pipeline or anything you're seeing as trends or and I know that you actually the way that you work is very kind of sustainable as well so I'd love to you know hear you talk about that yeah it was interesting it was interesting I was at the um the house and garden top 100 uh, designer awards the other week and um, Edward Gulmer won the responsible design award 
And his, um, so obviously you've got Design of the Year, you've got Rising Star, you've got all these different awards, but it was really interesting to me, his acceptance speech, where he basically just said, um, this should, this is the award that you should all want. Like, this is the award that we should all be aspiring to. And that, I really, I agree with that 100%. I think that would, that's, you know, you're, it's, you're being recognised for your work and your creativity, but also there's, you know, there's something more behind that. So well done to him. And yeah, I, I think as an industry, though, we are, you know, very conscious of where we're at at the moment. So um, yeah, I I definitely, I would definitely like, I mean, I do, you know, conscious design is very much part of what I do. Um, it's not, as I said, it's not a, you know, clear out, start again approach. If we can save stuff, I always will. I work with a lot of antiques um, and vintage things. You know, I very rarely, I, I do turn to new things sometimes, obviously, but um, it's usually only if I've exhausted things that already exist. Mm-hmm. Um, they normally have a story, you know, they normally, you know, have, uh, it, I find them far more interesting. Um, so yeah, that's that. And I definitely, which I know we're talking about in our work together now is um, I definitely want to do more for charity. I mean, I, I, I say charity, it's such a vast, but just, um, just helping more somehow with you know with what I do to yeah help others whether that's literally their environment or whether that's advice or whether that's you know profits from Cote de Folk or I, I don't really know how it's going to manifest yet I mean I've done I did a charity uh, talk last week and I'm helping a charity here in Folkestone next month so the ball's rolling but I definitely would like to explore that more totally I think that you know using our results and successes and the you know ultimately all of that to build a world that we want to see is actually what real leadership gets to look like now and I know we started that by kind of like writing the manifesto which um just is such an empowering practice you know like actually who are we what are we about, you know, what do we expect from our teams, what do we expect from, you know, how we're running the business, what are our sustainable practices, and I just think it brings so much depth to, like, ourselves as leaders, but also, you know, really kind of, you know, companies that we're cultivating company culture, and just, there's so much more that we get to be speaking to in terms of leadership now, and then, as you say, you know, actually, okay, I'm building this business, I'm building this version of success like actually what's the ripple effect of that and how can I use it to to support the world that I want to see so I love that really love that so what is next for you what's next for you Q4 2023 what does it look like for Coats Folk I've just taken on my first full-time member of staff which has been a game changer and really weirdly I'm already thinking about the next <laughs> member of staff she's only She's only been full time for three weeks and already I'm like, oh my God, I think we need someone else. <laughs> um, so yeah, staff, that's that's a big, that was a big thing for me because you're kind of, you're responsible for, you know, someone else's life, you know, someone else's mortgage and someone else's 
getting to go on their holiday or do the things that they want to do. So, yeah, I found it a really big, scary step. But actually, it's, you know, it's made such a difference, such a difference. So to see that kind of landscape of how that can continue and grow is that's really, really I'm finding that really exciting. And yeah, just we are very, very busy, (laughs) Uh, very busy. Yeah. We're having um, loads of inquiries. I don't know. It's it's all. I think it's September feels like a real back to school energy, and I think that's I feel it. And then I think it seems to have been felt all over because there, there's been this influx of kind of inquiries from people. So we're just trying to get through all of them and trying to see which ones are a good fit and who we can work with, who we can help. So yeah, it's 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 looking it's looking rosy amazing it's so funny you kind of that that tipping point I think of when we know that we're 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 at that edge of scaling and that we can't do it on our own and I think one of the things that I probably have done more than more that I remember sort of supporting people through more than anything is that tipping point of that first member of staff because it's a it's all mindset isn't it it's like knowing that we can't get to the next level without having support because we can't do it on our own but shifting the mindset to see what the landscape could look like you know so it's turning that fear into, into yeah. you know something different but yeah and and, and you, you're right once you've done it it's like oh okay okay oh I seen and then it you know you're already three weeks in like well actually we could be outsourcing this as well yeah. um yeah so it's just part of that scaling process isn't it yeah um beautiful well it's been amazing to to speak to you and just hear about like your journey you know and 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 everything you've been creating over the last I mean 18 months and more and obviously what's ahead the last question that I love to ask everyone is what does being a magnetic woman mean to you I think it's someone that she knows herself she just knows herself and she's She's um, steadfast in that and happy in that and knowledgeable of her weaknesses and her strengths and her pluses and her minuses and and just is happy to just sit with that. Yeah, beautiful. So true, so true. In truth, self-discovering, acceptance, right? Yeah, yeah. Thank you so much. Where can people find you? We, well, it's www.coatdefolk.com coat focus c-o-t-e-d-e-f-o-l-k uh on instagram we're at coat folk yeah so either both of those channels you'll be able to get a hold of us amazing i'll put that in the show notes as well thank you so much for joining me today thank you thank you